What is going on on Playbook fans? We are back for another episode. I say we, and it is just me today. I am Sweetcar, and I am riding solo tonight as the co-hosts are busy with other things, but we have a lot to talk about. Week 11 is in the books. So many more injuries that are just derailing fantasy football uh, for a lot of people, and I want to dive into all of that, all of the matchups. We will talk about what is most fantasy prevalent with each matchup this past week. Uh, without further ado, let's kick it off. Thursday night football, the Cincinnati Bengals traveled to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens win this game at home 34 to 20, cover the four and a half. But the story here is a couple of big, big injuries. Joe Burrow goes down for the season and Mark Andrews goes down for the season. Two very, very big pieces in fantasy football and certainly going to be a hindrance on a lot of lineups for sure. Uh, with the Burrow situation, I mean, Jake Browning is going to step in. Definitely not a startable fantasy quarterback, so you're going to have to pivot elsewhere. With the Andrew situation, everybody thinks it's an automatic Isaiah Likely plug-and-play, but it hasn't necessarily panned out that way, so I would still have some reluctance and hesitation there. Uh, I think, if anything, a team that is leaning heavily on the run, uh, Gus's value stays where it's at, if not elevates a little bit more, knowing that you know you don't have that same safety blanket in Mark Andrews. Maybe you will rely on the run a little bit more. And... Uh, the best pass catcher has to be Zay Flowers with OBJ also being injured now, and he is questionable to play next week. Zay Flowers, who has had the connection with uh, Lamar Jackson already this year, I expect that to continue uh, just kind of out of necessity now. So, uh, like I mentioned, Gus Bus keeps chugging two more touchdowns for him. That is nothing new. Um, but other than that, I mean, that's really ultimately what I saw. Jamar Chase's value on the other side is certainly going to take a dip. You have to think about the fact that it's another Devontae Adams-like situation where you have a superstar receiver with a quarterback that you have questions, you know, if they can get them the ball consistently and enough. So uh, the target certainly should still be there. Tegan's still dealing with an injury. So uh, I think if anything, Chase has to be the guy or the only guy that, you know, a backup quarterback who we haven't seen a ton from can support uh, if that, but you're still going to play Chase. He's obviously not somebody you can put on your bench. So uh, that's the unfortunate situation there. Next game on the board, the Cleveland Browns were hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers win this ugly, ugly divisional defensive battle, 13 to 10 final. They covered the two and a half point spread, but under 34 and a half. What a low under. And it still cashes. Uh, big story here, though. Actually, not yesterday with the game or during the game, but today, Matt Canada has been relieved of the offensive coordinator duties. I think Steelers fans, I think even general football fans are absolutely thrilled and relieved that finally this is over. Uh, there's an off this is an offense with a ton of talent. Uh, maybe outside of the quarterback position, but to not have it click at all whatsoever. Canada has been the focal point. He's the guy calling the plays. So yeah, at some point you can have the players go out and perform, but Canada's play calling has been absolutely sus. And that's, you know, not brand new information. I think it was a long time coming. They were getting away with wins, you know, being out, out gained and basically outplayed, but the defense will bail them out. So they need to see something more from the offense. The running game has started to get going, which is really, really nice to see. Hopefully, you know, the new offensive coordinator, whoever takes over is going to take over the play calling duties for the interim for the rest of the season. Hopefully they can lean into that as well as get guys like Pickens and Deontay involved. Uh, you don't like to see this target share for Deontay Johnson, a guy that we know we absolutely know as football fans is getting open. There's no doubt about it. So uh, you cannot tell me that the targets aren't there because the players aren't playing. So that's absolutely not the case. Um, one thing that's really, really interesting by Jalen Warren, a crazy, crazy stat, right? Since week seven, Jalen Warren is 33rd in the NFL in total carries. Okay, 33rd in the NFL, what, 32 NFL teams. So he's not even a starting running back equivalent of total carries he's gotten since week seven. In spite of that, he is second in the NFL in rushing yards, and he is first in missed tackles forced. 33rd in carries, yet second in rushing yards, and first in missed tackles forced. That is 
an anomaly. That is an absolute anomaly, but it's an anomaly that can't be ignored. We know he's got the talent. We saw the 70, 40 yard touchdown run on display. He has the speed. He's got everything that Najee Warren doesn't. And it's not just the baseline stats. You look at the advanced metrics and they all support Jalen Warren. So uh, I think this has to be some changing of the guard. There has to be something different here. You can get both guys involved, but Jalen Warren has proven that he deserves to get the ball as much, if not absolutely a little bit more than Najee Harris has gotten. Uh, so that is definitely something to monitor. He has been incredible. New offensive coordinator, somebody else calling the play calling for the rest of the season. Uh, hopefully they rely on the players that are talented, the Deontes, the Pickens, the Warrens. Uh, on the Brown side, I mean, real quickly, David and Joku surging and surging hard. For with DTR under the helm, they did recently resign jo or sign Joe Flacco. So I don't know who's going to start for them, but DTR's got a nice connection with Njoku. Njoku, the last five seasons, or the last five weeks, has seen nine, eight, six, nine, and fifteen targets. Next five games against Denver, who is last against tight ends. The Chargers, I'm sorry, the Rams, the Jaguars, the Bears, and the Texans, all teams that you can throw the football on. Uh, and a backup quarterback, again, a rookie quarterback, is going to find their safety blanket. It is a cliche because it's true. So David Njoku all of a sudden comes into this situation where, you know, you had a Mark Andrews go down. Um, you know, there have been underperformances, underwhelming performances from, you know, Laportas and things like that. So uh, keep in mind that, you know, this guy has been proven to be consistent. He's been around the block. Um, and right now, the guy, the DTR is leaning heavily on him. And I I could see a world where Flacco does as well. Next game on the board, the NFC North had a divisional matchup, the Bears at the Lions. What a great game this was for the Bears up until the very end of the game. The Lions win this game 31 to 26. Bears cover the seven and a half point dog spread over 47 and a half caches. Bears were winning this game the entire game. It looked like they should have won this game uh, fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure they were up by two scores and the Brown, uh, Lions came back and won this game because the Bears just Bears. The good news on the fantasy side for the Bears is Justin Fields is all the way back. 20 plus point performance and 104 yards rushing on the ground. So that is what you like to see. That is where he's going, he's going to make his money. With Justin Fields comes... DJ Moore. DJ Moore is only valuable when Justin Fields, Justin Fields is there. Seven catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. You'd love to see that. Um, on the other side, I mean, actually, one more thing on the Bears side. Khalil Herbert was back. He got the bulk share of the carries, 16 carries, but completely inefficient. Foreman went down with an injury. This is Herbert's backfield again. Roshan's just a complimentary piece, so uh, not an efficient day, but with Fields back and Fields' uh, nature to run and that threat, it has to and it will open up holes for Herbert. Makes himself one more time fantasy relevant until the rest of the season. Um, if you Look at the Lions side. I mean, the, it's always the talk of the town is the Monty versus the Gibbs, Gibbs usage. It's 12 for 76 and a score for Monty, 8 for 36 and a score for Gibbs. Uh, advantage Monty, 2 for 22 through the air for Monty and 6 for 59 through the air for Gibbs. Advantage Gibbs. But this is exactly how we expected it to play out. And this is exactly how it's going to play out the rest of the year. Monty will get, get more carries. Gibbs will get more catches. Touchdown dependency, I think, in my opinion, Monty is going to get more goal line work, although Gibbs will get some goal line work as well. But I still give that advantage to Montgomery. So Gibbs is going to have to score from outside of, you know, the red zone area, uh, certain, you know, home run threat, which he certainly has and he's certainly capable of doing. The Green Bay Packers at home hosted the LA Chargers win this game 23 to 20 final cover the two and a half point dog spread under 44 and a half caches on the Chargers side Austin Eckler a very very underwhelming day six fantasy points uh, 10 carries 64 yards on the ground only two catches for six yards you don't like to see that especially because Justin Herbert had himself quite the opposite day 260 through the air two touchdowns eight carries and 73 uh, rushing yards, which is, I'm pretty sure, a career high for Herbert. That was awesome to see, especially as a fantasy owner. Nice to see him use the legs. He's more than capable. And he was not, not, not happy with Quentin Johnston on that blatant touchdown drop. Could have been the game-winning touchdown. Uh, it's incredible 
you know, how big of a bust it seems like Quentin Johnson already is. I mean, we knew his limitations coming into the season, but it doesn't seem like he's, you know, honed in on any of that, at least up until now. Uh, maybe sometimes, you know, kick him down. He's going to come right back up. But right now it's not looking good for him. Keenan Allen also had a really, really big drop. I know Herbert was unhappy, not just about QJ, but about just the lack of drops or the lack of catch it, catchability for the receivers. Uh, but Keenan Allen still had big, uh, big play 10 for 116 and a touchdown. So still really, really great stat line for a fantasy point, uh, fantasy point perspective, but um, Jordan love on the other side, lots of highs when he, he, when he's high, he looks really, really good, but it's so weird because it's so erratic. And sometimes it looks really, really low. Uh, it's deceiving and it's confusing. I really don't know what to make of it. I think when you see the highs with Jordan love, it really leads you to believe that he can be the quarterback of the future, but then you see the lack of consistency and you're like, again, consistency is the name of the game. Even if you're average, if you're averagely consistent, that's going to outplay a guy who has the highs of Jordan love, but also has the lows that Jordan love is displaying right now. So if you can, you know, harner that in and get a little bit more uh, consistency going, it's not too shabby. He had, again, a pretty good day. Um, despite the fact that, you know, we look at the Packers as a whole and we, we, we think there is a lack of talent there, but, uh, the running back situation, AJ, um, Aaron Jones went down with an injury. Uh, it does look like he's going to miss some time. Uh, they're back. His backup is AJ Dillon, but the backup to that, uh, Wilson also got hurt. So it looks like it's AJ Dillon's backfield basically, uh, which is very deceiving. We've seen this situation play out time and time again, and he does not perform like we expect him to. So, uh, I would have my reservations. If anything, I'm looking at Jaden Reed. If Jaden Reed's still a free agent for you in your league, he's not only the focal point of the pass catching, but he gets running uh, end arounds. He gets handoffs. He's in the backfield a lot. So uh, I think he's their gadget type. He had three for 46 and a score through the ground, four for 46 through the air on six targets, which was tied for the leader uh, on the team. So I think Jaden Reed's the guy that's going to benefit the most with Aaron Jones and Wilson going down. But you would think by nature of pure volume, Dylan should as well. Um, it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's a situation that I personally have fell victim to before. I know other people have as well. So uh, I can totally understand it if you want to avoid it. Although again, in this time where you know running backs are so valuable you have a guy that's basically the only running back on this team like by nature of process of elimination and again just volume and touches and carries alone he should be valuable so i don't know it's a it's a really interesting situation as has aj Dillon's career been up until this point the Miami Dolphins hosted the Las Vegas Raiders win this game 20 to 13. Vegas was a 14 and a half point underdog. So they covered that under 44 and a half caches. Uh, let me start and talk about the Dolphins and their defense. Their defense has shifted over the last couple of weeks. Jalen Ramsey's back. He looks incredible. I think passer rating given up of zero, three interceptions already since he's been back. But the Dolphins defense all of a sudden is very, very solid. They're doing a really, really good job of limiting the big game. You have, you have Ramsey again, who not only is just a lockdown corner, he plays safety, he rovers, he does anything. And so uh, compliment that with the other guys, Xavier Howard and stuff. And all of a sudden that looks like a formidable defense. Devon Achan, a uh, very, very unfortunate situation. If you were able to, you know, start him, you're ecstatic because he's coming off the IR. He was so electric when he played, he got one carry and he got hurt again. Um, I want to say I'm, you know, surprised, but I'm not, we know his size is not meant to be an every down back in the NFL, which also means that even the limited touches that he gets, all it takes is a hit here or there. Um, the st size stigma was real coming in uh, pre-draft. That's part of the pre-draft process, why he dropped a little bit. Uh, but the speed was what, you know, latched him on and held him on to be a third round pick. So I think, again, this is not a surprise. It's unfortunate to see because he's so electric. But what that means is it is Raheem Mostert season and that season continues. It's been continuing all year, 22 more carries for him this game. Uh, so th there's there's really nothing else that's stopping him. Salvin Ahmed also just tweeted out saying that he might be out for season. And I think he is. So uh, looking ahead to 2024, something along those lines with this tweet. Jeff Wilson did not play, and now I think by out of necessity, Jeff Wilson jumps in and is the backup. So I think he'll get activated. 
Um, he is worth a roster spot, I guess, just because again, Mostert later in the season, he's 31 years old. I know he keeps saying that, but it's because it's such an anomaly for a running back to get this usage at this age, still be productive. And, you know, still have the longevity to play a full season without getting hurt. So uh, that's why I think um, you have to have to have to roster Wilson in this situation, but I don't know what you're going to get from him because they are leaning and riding on Mostert and he's delivered. So uh, rightfully so you look at Tyreek Hill 10 for 146 and a touchdown. The MVP run just continues again. You heard it here first. I personally think he's the MVP. I don't know anybody else that was saying that, uh, you know, four weeks ago, but I think Tyreek Hill is the MVP of the, uh, of the national football league. And he did get hurt, but he already said he's going to play and he's just sad about not being able to play Fortnite. So something on the hand or the wrist, but seems like it's not going to impact his ability to catch the football. Uh, Jalen Waddle, his, you know, his partner in crime, uh, continues to be probably the biggest, one of the biggest underachievers of the season, right? Just has not produced the way we expected into a second round pick. I mean, it's just, it's been bad. Uh, it's been all Hill. Basically it's been Hill and the running backs. And that's about it. Waddle has truly, truly been a second fiddle, but not a second fiddle that you're happy about starting a second fiddle that you feel like you forced to start and continues to underperform. So it is, has, it has been a bad season for Jalen Waddle. Uh, nice to see Devonte Adams get in the end zone seven for 82 and a score first touchdown since week three, I believe 13 targets for him, which is nice to see Aiden O'Connell. The young rookie is going to feed him and he has done so. And he's going to continue to do so Trey Tucker next highest targets with seven. So I think it's Devonte Adams uh, full send for the rest of the season. I don't know what to make of the Raiders. Their defense is playing well. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, three interceptions, probably not the answer, but right now you're really not you don't have many other options. So I think you got to roll with what you got, but it is nice to see the volume for Adams. And I think that's going to continue the rest of the season. What that means on the other side is Jacoby Myers. I think at this point, you probably can drop him. He had a nice start. Uh, he's had, he had that connection with Jimmy G, but since Jimmy G has been hurt, the other two quarterbacks haven't had the same connection with him. So it's unfortunate, but I think you can drop him. Um, and you got to be unhappy about Josh Jacobs, 14 for 39 through the ground. But I think what you've been relying on is all the pass catching. And all of a sudden with O'Connell, it's one for 12 this week. So is that inconsistency because O'Connell, is it just this week? And we don't want to make a ton of it. Dolphins defense, again, give him some credit, uh, but we will see Jacobs obviously still must start, but you don't like the volume as a pass catcher, especially when the running is, has been and continues to stay inefficient. The commanders might be the worst team in football. The giants and Tommy Danny DeVito came in here and beat the commanders on the road. 31 to 19, 31 points. The, freaking giants put up on the commanders with Tommy DeVito. Are you joking? They cover the seven and a half point dog spread and they win the game outright by 12. You could have taken their alt line and been a, been a millionaire over 39 and a half caches. Incredible. I, I I don't understand how bad this commander's D is. I mean, I get it. They traded away their edge rushers. So you kind of expected them to be bad, but Tommy DeVito putting up, you know, what top 10 quarterback play this week performance. I don't think anybody in any stars, any giants fan, Tommy DeVito's family probably didn't expect this to happen. So this was incredible for him. And those two passing touchdowns, you know what, who they went to, they went to your boy, Saquon Barkley, four for 57 and two touchdown catches, 14 carries for 83 yards on the ground, 28 fantasy points, RB one. We have been waiting for this moment and it is finally here. Don't care how bad the quarterback play is feed this man. He is a top three talent in the NFL at the run back position, but we completely forgot about him because he plays for the Giants and this abysmal offense, uh, but incredible for him. Sam Howell, three interceptions, sacked four times. I think it's apparent that you can start every defense playing against the commanders because even though Ham uh, Howell is a gunslinger and he'll put up the yards, probably get you a couple touchdowns, he is really, really good for a couple of turnovers and at least three to four sacks. 
Um, B-Rob, nine targets. I don't know where this came from. Where Brian, Brian Robinson all of a sudden became like a pass-catching savant for the commanders. Gibson was hurt, but still, you could have still probably used Rodriguez. But Robinson, again, nine targets, led the team. Um, you know, dink and dunk Sam Howell. I don't, I don't know what this is, but uh, it's continued and it's been consistent. So if you're a Robinson owner, you love it. You continue to deploy him. 11 different pass catchers for the commanders saw a target. So, you know, it's bad for Terry McLaurin. It's bad for Jahan Dotson, but it's good. It's really, really good for Brian Robinson. The Dallas Cowboys were at Carolina against the Panthers and that terrible run defense. Was this the week that Tony Pollard was finally going to get into the end zone? It was. He found the end zone and still didn't have that great of a game. 12 for 62 through the ground and four for 19 through the air. So, you know, you, you like to see a little bit more again, based on where you drafted this guy, who's probably your RB one. If you got lucky, maybe RB two, but uh, got into the end zone. That's all that really matters here. Uh, we will take it. We want to see more. We want to see the consistency here, but 33 to 10, the Cowboys dem demolished the Panthers uh, covered the 10 and a half point spread under 43 and a half caches. Dak also just kind of a decent game uh, because the defense came up, came up big again, man, Deron Bland fourth pick six of the season, man is on a mission. He has been incredible. The Cowboys defense is scary. I've said it, you know, every single week, I feel like they are so scary. And if you catch them in the wrong week, man, they are, they're going to, they're going to beat you so bad that you're going to stand, you're going to stand no chance and your offense can play well, but that defense is just so freakishly scary. Micah Parsons, another two and a half sacks, like just becoming the norm. We're just brushing over two and a half sacks in a single game by a player. Uh, but Panther side consolation prize, Adam Thielen, eight for 74, still solid, still stardom. Uh, that's about it though. Uh, actually, I take that back. One more thing I wanted to mention on that game, Miles Sanders. We talked about it. Chuba Hubbard was a starter, was getting the bulk share. Sanders was struggling. At some point, I felt like because of the talent, because of the money, actually, the money uh, assigned to Sanders, this was good. They were going to be forced to continue to use him and hope that he gets better. And this week, we saw 50-50% split share. So uh, definitely something to monitor. Hubbard's no longer the focal point of that offense or the running game. It is a 50-50 share, and I wouldn't be surprised if as the season ends, Sanders is 65-35 at some point. The Jacksonville Jaguars had a fantastic offensive performance. Trevor Lawrence, maybe one of his best performances as a pro. They beat the Titans at home. 34 to 14 covered the six and a half point spread over 40 and a half caches. Uh, let's talk about the Titans real quickly. DeAndre Hopkins, only really guy I want to talk about four for 59 and a touchdown on only five targets, which did lead the team, but it was only five targets because Will Levis only threw the football 17 times. They got dominated. They got dominated by time of possession, only two of seven on third down. So they could not sustain drives. And that was it. That was the, you know, the reason why this was a blowout. And this was the reason why Hopkins only saw five targets, but you were lucky you got, he got in the end zone and had a great day. So you'll take that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I mentioned it best fantasy game as a pro 32.18 fantasy points he was quarterback one on the week two passing touchdowns two rushing touchdowns both passing touchdowns to calvin ridley calvin ridley seven for one of three and two scores on nine targets which led the team some weird correlation between every week that zay jones is active and plays calvin ridley has a good fantasy day so uh, i don't know why i don't know if he needs somebody on the outside taking attention away since kirk lines up in the slot maybe that helps uh but that is one thing to keep an eye out for zay jones Jones is back. He is currently healthy. So uh, is this what we expect to see when the Jags are clicking? Lawrence is clicking. They have one of their best offensive performances. The guy that is the reason why that happens is Calvin Ridley. Hopefully that that can go hand in hand. And if you're a Ridley owner, uh, you get to see more of it th throughout the rest of the season. Travis Etienne, though, if you're a Travis Etienne owner and he got none of those touchdowns and didn't have that great of a game, um, you're not too content about it. But again, he's he's good enough to where he gets enough pass catching work uh, and enough volume to where every week he's not ever going to really ruin your fantasy lineups.
the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud, the story of the season. And that story continues 21 to 16 victory in Houston against the Arizona Cardinals who came into town, Kyler Murray and gang. They cover the five and a half point dog spread though, under 48 and a half caches. Uh, Kyler is right back to being a quarterback one in fantasy football, just simply because he had seven uh, carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. I mean, on the ground, that's all that matters. Everything else on the air it, through the air is just a bonus. And so when you know, you have this kind of floor on uh, from a rushing perspective for a quarterback, it's, easy to understand where the appeal is. Uh, so Kyler Murray, welcome back. Uh, Greg Torch was the leading target getter, the weird game, eight targets, six for 76 uh, through the air. I don't make too much of it because McBride still had seven targets, five for 43. He's been consistent. He's a start. Uh, the one guy that has been, was disappointing this week was Hollywood Brown, two for 18 on only five targets. Not great, uh, but it is just one week. Um, you got to take a look at the Houston Texans defense, and I know they haven't been great, but they do, they do still have some pieces, some young guys uh, on the outside there. So um, definitely something to still think about, but CJ Stroud, three interceptions. And I personally still felt like he had a great game. I know he made mistakes. He's a rookie. We expect those mistakes to come. He just hasn't made enough of those where now the expectations has slowly become, he is really good and he is really good, but he is still young. So those mistakes will come. They will happen. Don't worry about it. You see the good, you see the highs and my goodness, those highs are as high as any other quarterback in the NFL. So, uh, that's what you latch onto. Um, and it's way more consistent than the other guys we talk about that have some highs like Zach Wilson. And so not the same thing at all, but Singletary on the running game still deserves um, so much kudos and he absolutely should be the starter. I think Pierce will be back next week, but there's no way you can hand the job back to Pierce when Pierce has done nothing with it all season. And in Singletary short time as a starter, he had back-to-back hundred yard performances, 22 for 112 and a score two for six through the air. Uh, just another fantastic day and shout out to Tank. Nathaniel Dell, man, this guy is electric. Eight for four, 149 and a touchdown through the air. He gets open all the time. He's got this uh, chemistry with Shroud, that touchdown to him when Shroud had to break pocket and get out of contain uh, and scramble out. The minute he started doing that, Tank Dell immediately pivoted his route to head straight and uh, come towards Stroud towards the end zone. And that's what you need, man. Those are chem- That's chemistry that can't be taught. They've already built that. Um, he is the wide receiver one on this offense, even though Nico Collins got six or seven for 65, which you'll take. But it is Tank Dell as wide receiver one in this offense. Let's not kid ourselves. Dalton Schultz still uh, relevant, two for 32, but found the end zone. So uh, makes it a good day for all of those pass catchers for the Texans. The San Francisco 49ers at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Brock Purdy does what? A perfect passer rating, 158.3. Hadn't been done since Joe Mofo Montana, man. Purdy was excellent. 333 through the air and three touchdown passes. And these weren't gimmies. That dot to Brandon Ayuk, who had five for 156 and a score, was one of the best throws I've seen all season. Bread basket type stuff, man. That was an incredible throw. CMC. What do you need to talk about? He's always good. 21 carries, only 78 yards, but five catches, only 25 yards, but touchdown. That's all he does. He gets touchdowns. So uh, eight for 89 and a touchdown for Kittle. We talked about this last, uh, I don't know, four or five weeks ago, and we broke down the San Francisco 49ers. And the reality is there's very few weeks where all of their skill position players are going to have good fantasy days. A lot of times, one of them will be the odd man out on any given week. And then if one of those guys is hurt, then all of the rest of them have a good game. And that has checked out. We talked about CMC's numbers. We talked about Kittle's numbers. We talked about Ayuk's numbers. What happened? Debo. Debo was the odd man out. Still not an insanely bad game three catches only but 63 yards you obviously want to see more uh didn't get a ton on the ground as well so um that's what happens that's kind of the situation uh that is the san francisco 49ers offense and you just kind of have to take that so uh if you know what I like to take away from this as a Debo owner is there is going to be a week here coming soon where it's going to be Debo's day. And so uh, getting the dub when Debo didn't have his day is just a way to feel good about the situation. 
Um, on the other side for the Buccaneers, real quick, Richad. Richad, just, you know, you've been all over Richad, and Richad just continues to Richad. Six catches, another six catches. I don't care that he only got 28 yards. Another six catches by your running back. Nine carries, 30 yards, found the end zone on the ground. I mean, just keep on Chad, man. Keep on Chad. The Buffalo Bills at home playing the New York Jets and a lot of interesting things to talk about in this game. 32 to six, the Bills win easily. Eight and a half points they cover easily under 39 and a half caches. Um, the story is that Zach Wilson has been benched. Zach Wilson is not uh, quarterback one. He's not even quarterback two. He is on the depth chart now as quarterback three. What's even crazier about the Jets situation is I'm, I'm, I'm a little dumbfounded about the fact that you waited so long to bench Zach Wilson. The fact that you had time while Zach Wilson was still even starting to come up with a contingent plan when you knew the writing was on the wall, that this was not going to be something that, you know, was going to be a turnaround and, oh my gosh, Zach Wilson's resurging. He's back to looking like the number two overall pick. No, that I think that ship has sailed. I think that ship has long sailed, but in all that time, after Rogers got hurt, you had the opportunity to go out and get like a Josh Dobbs. Where would we be now? Go out and get anybody else um, that could be a competent, competent backup, not Zach Wilson. And now Zach Wilson's hurt. And you know, who's playing Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle is going to be starting this week. And I don't really know what to make of that. But what I can tell you guys is if you get some time, just go look up Tim Boyle and go look up his stats in college, and then go look up his stats as a pro, and then somebody come back to me and tell me how on earth is this man a NFL quarterback? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just sitting here silent. You know, the podcast didn't cut out. I'm just baffled at how Tim Boyle is a starting quarterback now in the NFL right now. It doesn't even, I, I, he didn't have to, I didn't have to throw starting quarterback, a quarterback in the NFL right now. I, I cannot believe this. He has, he played, oh my gosh. I He played at division one uh, at UConn, had one touchdown pass in like three seasons, uh, transferred to D2, I believe, had 11 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Um, his NFL stats are horrific. I, I don't understand how this man has a job. Um, he's been uh, Aaron Rodgers' backup, I believe, for as long as we can remember. But it's incredible that this is the guy that is now seizing this opportunity with this Jets defense that's playing out of their mind, that are fighting for their lives. I know this wasn't the best performance, but I cannot believe that Salah and this team, they are just continuing to do the Jets defense and the Jets fan base dirty, as dirty as you can possibly do when you continue to trot out guys like this. There's no world where Tim Boyle is leading this team to a single victory. If a t if they win, it's because of the defense and the defense alone. Tim Boyle is not going to do anything. Um, Brees Hall, 10 for 23 on the ground, disgraceful, but five for 50 and a touchdown through the air because he's really good. Just plays on a shit, shit team. Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson, though, not a great game. Two catches, nine yards and a fumble. Um, so unfortunate there, but I don't know how much better that situation gets with Tim Boyle, to be honest with you guys. It probably doesn't get much better. I, it, I didn't think I could say this, but it might actually get worse. So um, at least, at least Zach Wilson could scramble somewhat and try to extend plays and find randos every once in a while. I don't know what Tim Boyle is going to do for you. I really don't. Please surprise me and, and shut me up, Tim Boyle. Um, on the uh, Buffalo Bills side, Josh Allen, great game, 275 through the air, three touchdowns, five carries, 15 yards. Completely happy with that. James Cook, awesome day, 17 carries, 73 yards, three catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown through the air. Dalton Kincaid continues to get volume. It's tight end. What are you going to do? Six catches for 46 yards. You take the catches all day long. But Stefan Diggs, another not-so-great game, four catches. 
catches, 27 yards, not good. They still blew out the Jets. So, I mean, not really much to be upset about, but you know, Diggs is the diva and he's proven to be the diva. The proof is in the pudding and there's no way, even though they won four for 27 sits well with Stephon Diggs. Battle in the NFC West. You have the Seahawks at the LA Rams. Rams win this close game, 17 to 16 final. Seattle covers a two and a half point underdog spread under 44 and a half caches. Uh, another injury to talk about. Geno Smith got hurt. He did come back into the game, but it is something to monitor because it did not look that good. Kenneth Walker III also got hurt. So Zach Charbonnet has to be the number one waiver wire addition probably this week. Maybe not named Ty Chandler, uh, but Zach Charbonnet, hopefully he's already rostered. Hopefully you had stashed him on your bench all year. I know that's hard to do, especially when you have shorter benches. But um, if you did, you're in a really, really good situation. If you didn't and he's out there and you have the number one waiver pick, grab him, grab him now. Um, Cooper Cup also hurt his ankle. It is day-to-day is what McVay said. It's something to monitor. Uh, Puka Nakua also hurt his shoulder, but he did play the whole game. He was five for 70 and a touchdown, and I think he should be okay. If Cup misses any more time, considering it's an ankle, I know it was a high ankle before, but it is still the same ankle. Um then Puka goes back into the top 10 wide receiver um, and Kyron Williams comes back this week. So that is another thing to, take the, to keep in mind with the Rams. Kyron Williams comes back. They already waived and cut actually Daryl Henderson. So that means Kyron will be activated for sure. And he will be starting for sure. And he will get the bulk share for sure. So deploy, deploy, deploy the matchup. Not great, but volume. What are you going to do? You got to play him. DK Metcalf, only real bright spot on the other side, five for 94 and a touchdown. Good day for him. Sunday night football, I was there in Denver in the cold, rooting on my Minnesota Vikings as they faced the Denver Broncos. Unfortunate for me, 20 to 21 was the final. The Denver Broncos won a really close battle by one point. Minnesota covers the two and a half point dog spread under 42 and a half caches. Let's talk about Josh Dobbs real quick. Continues to be a good story. Continues to be a good fantasy option. He had 17 points, quarterback 14, not amazing, but also not shipwrecking you at all because his legs, eight for 21 and a score through the ground, 221 through the air, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, talk about the running, running game for the Vikings, probably the best game they've had running the football, but one of the costliest fumbles we've had all season, Alexander Madison fumbles. And I think there is a changing of guard here that's coming with Ty Chandler. He is much more of an explosive back. He is much more of a better pass catcher. He is not as good as have a pass protector, but I think that's something that he's working on. He had a really good blitz pickup and he had a couple of one where he, where he got blown up. So uh, he's going to have to work on that, but his running game is so much better than Madison's. I think it's goes without question that I think we'll see at least 50, 50, if not more Chandler moving forward. And he has to be picked up for that, for that fact alone. Hawkinson four for 55 through the air. Addison three for 44 through the air. Quiet day. Good defenses all around. Denver's defense is not to be messed with. They're a really good team. Um, and JJ, unfortunate for JJ owners, myself included, even Vikings fans, he may not be back with for uh, against Chicago on Monday night here coming up. They still seem hesitant. The, the, the talk is still, they want him to be a hundred percent. JJ came out and said, he's going to be the one that makes the decision ultimately on when he's ready to play. Um, I think he needs to log full practices. Every practice has been limited. And I think he needs to log one or two full practices before he gets himself out there. So uh, if we see that Thursday, Friday or something like that, great. If we don't see that again, I think there's a really big chance he doesn't play, gets the bye week to get a whole extra week of rest. And then he's ready to go uh, following the bye week. Um, last thing I'll say, he, I mean, he did come out and also say that he doesn't care about your fantasy football team. So, uh, sucks for us. I uh, still love you, JJ. So, uh, no, not salty here at all. Kind of not really, uh, but Cortland Sutton, the bright, bright spot on the Broncos continues to get in the end zone four for 66 and a touchdown Mossed McKay, McKay Blackman to win the game and score that touchdown. So props to him. He is a stud Monday night football to end the rundown here. Chiefs Eagles, Super Bowl rematch in Arrowhead. 
Eagles win this game 21 to 17. Bad, bad weather all around. Cover the two and a half point dog spread under 45 and a half caches. Uh, Chiefs need wide receiver help badly, guys. I mean, I don't know how much more apparent it is than we saw on display here. Justin Watson led the team five for 53, did find the end zone. Travis Kelsey, seven catches, only 44 yards, also did find the end zone. But Mahomes, I said, found the end zone twice there. Another subpar fantasy day. He was quarterback 15 on the week with 16.88 fantasy points. Now QB eight on the season. And get this, under 20 fantasy points in six of his last seven games. That's not what you drafted Mahomes to do. That is absolutely not what you drafted Mahomes to do. Mahomes could still put up, you know, three or four or five or six back-to-back 30-point performances to end the season, and all this would be for naught. But up until now, you can say Mahomes was drafted, what, quarterback one, two, or three. You can say that he has been very, very underperforming, and and I don't know if he's going to hit his ADP at this point because Allen and Hurts are pretty firmly locked up there. Lamar is up there. Um, I don't know, man. Mahomes not running enough, and there's no pass catchers to get multiple touchdowns. They, you know, teams are honing in on Travis Kelsey and who's going to beat you. I mean, Rasheed Rice is nice, but he's not getting the volume. He's not getting the workload. They need a true alpha. Uh, they don't have one. So uh, it is really unfortunate. Pacheco saw some good volume, 17 for 79 on the ground, but unfortunate for Pacheco owners, no passing usage at all. So uh, really, really limits his upside there. Hurts, never a doubt. Doesn't he doesn't even have to have a good fantasy passing day, 150 yards on the through the air, one interception, no touchdowns, but 12 carries, only 29 yards. Doesn't matter. Two rushing touchdowns, 18.9 fantasy points, QB 11 in his worst finish since week one when he was QB 19. Since then, inside of those two times, QB nine or better every other week. So that is the model of consistency. Uh, nice to see DeAndre Swift back in the end zone, 12 for 76, three for 31 on the air. Uh, great game for him. AJ Brown, boys, one catch, eight yards legerious sneed was covering this man and might have had the best game of his career uh i mean again completely shut down aj brown devonta smith got six for 99 through the air as a result of that so good day for devonta smith but man aj brown one of his worst weeks one catch eight yards you probably expect him to come back next week and have an absolute monster performance that was the slate of games no bye weeks losing my voice can't breathe so much to talk about so many injuries. It is so unfortunate to see injuries, man. I don't care if I, you know, I don't own the player. It's not even my favorite team or anything. Uh, just for the love of the sport, you want to see the best guys out there. So another week where I had to unfortunately list so many guys who are not only just hurt for a week or two, but out for season. And that's just the last thing you want to see as a football fan. But closing thoughts here. I mean, it's a short week. Remember that Thursday is Thanksgiving. There are three football games, Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, 49ers, Seahawks, eat a lot of good food and watch a lot of good football. Hopefully your fantasy teams play well for you. But because of that waivers, obviously go through Wednesday, make sure you set your lineups ahead of time. Injury report and news is really important for those six teams because the practices on Wednesday where typically guys get rest and stuff. If these guys aren't practicing and they play Thursday, that's probably a bad sign. So definitely keep all of these things in mind. Black Friday, we have our first game ever in NFL history, Dolphins at Jets. So again, that's another two teams where short weeks again for both of them. So keep all of that in mind, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're watching or watching on YouTube, hit the like, hit the subscribe button. Help spread the word. If you're listening, you can listen to us on any podcast platform. Uh, follow us on socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at The Only Playbook. I am Sweetheart. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of turkey. See you guys.